Well, happy Pentecost Sunday to you guys today. And um, man, I just want to keep in this posture of prayer. Um, you know, I was checking my news feed just a few minutes ago, and, and obviously we are at a, we might say, a, a real tipping point as a nation and as a people and as a church. And so um, before we go into the Word, can you just raise your voice with me? And Drew's in here in the room with me. We're just going to all pray and cry out for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. We need the Spirit of Jesus to mend and heal and to show up at homes and in churches and in civic city centers and on the streets where many are rioting. We, we need a move of the Holy Spirit who comes to make Jesus manifest and, and real and tangible. And so let's just, I don't care where you're watching this, at your dining room table and your lazy boy and your car, can we just raise our voices that God would pour out the Holy Spirit, that what he did 2,000 years ago would, would come forth? So, Lord, we, we raise our voices with the millions of believers all over the earth. And we're asking that the Father and Son would again pour out the Holy Spirit upon a waiting, a humble, a hungry people who so long to become those new wineskins that can carry the righteousness of God's kingdom and who would continue to faithfully manifest the ministry of healing and reconciliation and justice and the ministry of the gospel, Lord, and personally and in our families and in our workplaces, in our cities and in our nation and the nations of the earth. Father, we are crying out and as you're praying with me, we're praying, Father, Son, send the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit to disrupt, to bring clarity, to cut hearts, to bring understanding. Father of glory, we kneel before you with the millions of believers crying out for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in this hour. Lord, we are praying and we're believing that the Father longs to reveal the Son to the human heart. He longs to reveal the Son over families and households. He longs to reveal the Son over regions, over cities, over nations. And so, Father, we cry out on this Pentecost Sunday, send the Holy Spirit. We ask for an outpouring. God, we're, we're asking for a line in the sand kind of moment, Father. We're asking for a great, uh, just a great impartation today all across our land all across America, all across the nations, that there'd be a, a moment in time when God would rend the heavens as we sang. And Father, that entire households would come into the kingdom, that the sick would be healed, that sinners would be saved, God, that, uh, that those, Lord, Father, races, Lord, and, and ethnicities would be reconciled, Father, for, for the poor to feast with the wealthy, for the, the bound and the broken to experience the liberty of the gospel, Father. We're asking that you would stretch out your hand today. We're asking that you would lose boldness, Father, that you would put a prophetic word on the lips of your sons and daughters for this hour when many are longing, many are looking, many are wondering, even as they're rallied together in crowds, they're not quite sure what they're standing for or against. Father, we, we ask that the power of the Holy Spirit would break in and would bring understanding, Father, that you would take us on a journey to healing, to wholeness, to restoration and revival. So, Father, we ask that you would stretch out your hand 
Father, we're asking that the man at your right hand would execute justice on the earth. We're asking that he would release a word to sustain the weary this morning. We're asking that the Prince of Peace would reign and rule in our hearts and in our homes and in our families and in our workplace and our city and our churches and our region. Father, in California, we're asking that you would send forth the Prince of Peace. Uh, we're asking that the man who's coming at the end of the age would loose a word of judgment that would make the crooked places straight, that would bring the high places and bend them at the knee, that he would lift up, Lord, the valleys and the places and the troughs that are impossible to cross apart from a divine escort. So we're asking, Lord, take us, take us into your heart today, God. Wherever we're at, wherever we're at today, take us into the heart of the Father. Take us into the, the heart, the, the wounded heart of the Son, whose nations are His very inheritance and whose church is His eternal spouse and bride. Lord, take us in, Holy Spirit. Show us who we are. Show us our identity. Show us our purpose. Show us, Lord, our shape and our structure and our, our, the move of what you're up to in this hour for your glory. Father, we're asking that you would accelerate your purposes. Even now, you could take angry mobs and you could loose the spirit. You could raise a messenger. You could come and rest upon a one with the prophetic spirit to, to release the oracles of God, the, the beautiful gospel of King Jesus, the one who's come and who through his bloody, bludgeoned body, he has through the cross made reconciliation, made the two one. He's destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. The one who's come to make all things new and the one who's come to reconcile the estranged and the far off through the peace of his cross. Lord, we're asking that your spirit, even as we intercede at Cornerstone Church online, Lord, that you would move, that the gospel would run swiftly, that the word of the Lord would be honored, would be treasured, would be cherished. God bless every church, bless every believer, wherever they're scattered on the central coast in Santa Maria, wherever they're at today. Holy Spirit, would you fall afresh? We are crying out. We need you. We need you. Spirit of wisdom, spirit of counsel, spirit of might, spirit of the fear of the Lord, spirit of tenderness, spirit of conviction, the Holy Spirit that bears witness to the testimony of Jesus. We need a prophetic outpouring. Lord, where cowardly become courageous, where fearful become full of faith, where the timid become teachers. God, where students step into that place of applying, Lord, the gospel to all of life. And so we just thank you for hearing our cry in this prayer meeting, this Sunday morning, Cornerstone Online. Lord, this is beyond human solution. Father Babel was a failed experiment. It was a failed attempt for us to get at the kingdom without acknowledging the king in our midst. God, we're asking for mercy. We're asking for forgiveness. We're asking that you would heal our wayward, backward hearts, God. We're asking that you would... Heal us from a spirit of rebellion that you would heal us from, Lord, a spirit of the age that exalts man and pushes God to the fringes. Lord, would you come to reign and to rule right now in every heart watching, Lord, as we make space for the king and his kingdom to come. 
Lord, would you come like that rushing wind that Andrew read? Would you come like tongues of fire, Lord, that every person in the house would be touched by the Holy Spirit? Lord, I pray you wouldn't leave us out at Cornerstone Church. I pray you wouldn't leave us out church in California. I pray you wouldn't leave us out of your great epic plans at the end of the age of the Church of America. Father, we're asking that you would come by the Spirit, that you would rest upon us, that you would mobilize us to become that army of reconciliation and of self-emptying, sacrificial love. Lord, we're asking that you would transcend ethnic lines, racial lines, linguistic lines. Lord, I pray male and female, Jew and Gentile, that the Holy Spirit would come and that the Father would see a unified family as He peers over the balcony of glory and He would see, Lord, Your bride coming away, coming alive. Lord, would You come by the Spirit today? Would You take us on a journey? Father, we don't want to go back to some version or vision of what was. We want to step into the river of Your healing presence. We want to step into every person activated, every person equipped, every person mobilized, every person present to the presence, every person, Lord, with the law of God written on their heart and on their mind, every person walking with the spirit of revelation and understanding. So, Father of glory, would you pour out right now that spirit that awakens, that spirit that convicts, that spirit, Lord, that makes new and writes law of God on the heart and mind. We're asking for the spirit of power to be loose, God. You said we'd become witnesses when the Holy Spirit was poured out. And so would you pour out a spirit that immobilizes a witnessing and winsome people who are compelled by your love, who are constrained by the gospel until every year hears, until every home is set ablaze with the love and healing presence of Jesus. So, Father, we ask that you would just have your way today. We're praying according to your word and according to your will. You don't want any to perish, but all to come to repentance and faith. Lord, it's your will that everyone who looks to the Son would live and that you would raise them up in the last hour. Father, it's your will as you look over the harassed and helpless as you're crying out for laborers, spirit-filled, adopted sons and daughters of Abba to be deployed, to be loosed and thrust out into the harvest field that would carry your heart. God, you're longing to mobilize a people in this hour. That's what Pentecost is all about. The temple went mobile and it went global. God, would you do it again? A mobile and global move of the Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you that you've heard the cries of every heart today. Father, there's those who are crying out in their secret place. They're crying out. They're wondering if there's a God in heaven who can still move, who can renew his wonders and his deeds in our day. And we say today, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. That your power, your capability to transform hearts and lives and minds and cultures and churches and regions and cities and nations is the same. Your spirit, Lord, that longs to bring resurrection. Your Holy Spirit that longs to take the dry and desolate bones, the, 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 the weary, weary, the, the, the Lord, the, the, that army of dry bones and to, to breathe and to prophesy to the wind. And Father, we're asking that like, like that great prophetic 
declaration in Ezekiel 37 that you would see the, the valley of dry bones even in this hour and that the spirit, the wind would blow, that the, the bones would begin to rattle, the sinews and the, the muscles and the joints and that, Lord, you would speak a prophetic word today over a dry boned army and that you would mobilize a people that burn with love for you and for your kingdom and a love for neighbor and for the community that they find themselves in today, Lord. We thank you. We trust you in Jesus' name. We said amen and amen. Thank you guys for praying with us. Thank you for, uh, it's hard to transition. I want to thank the Lord today that we have an intercessor at the right at the right hand of the Father, we have, we have one who's made what we just did as a community possible, prayer. Prayer is not the church's last resort, it's our first and it's our final resort. That we, we find ourselves in situation in America, we find ourselves a situation even at Cornerstone Church that we need the inbreaking of God's kingdom. If you agree, can you just say amen? That, that we need him in a, in a culture that continues to be secularized, and I don't mean that in any sort of derogatory way, but a, a vision of life that longs for a kingdom without submitting to the law and reality of a king at the center named Jesus. And, and so we need, I just want to bless and pray, Father, that you'd raise up intercessors in this hour. God, I know that our altar has looked different over the last few months during coronavirus, but Lord, we, we want to continue to give ourselves to building the altar. <laughs> We want to become those people that cry out to you morning, noon, and night. We want to be like that annoying widow in Luke 18 that she just cried out to the unjust judge until he loosed justice on her behalf. Father, we ask to become those people that you continue. You breathe fresh fire upon our intercessors, upon our worshipers, God. I, I pray that you would raise up new ones. Even now, you begin to tug on hearts to realize every single person is invited into that place called prayer with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, it's Pentecost. You know, we. I just prayed the message, so I just make a few comments. Number one, that the Spirit rested upon every person in the house. I want you to know that there, there doesn't have to be one spectator in this thing that God wants to do at the end of the age. That every person can be a recipient, can become a conduit and a participant in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That if you felt that your whole Christian life, that you're on the fringes, that you're wondering if there's a part or a place for you, according to Acts chapter 2, there's a place for every person in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit wants to rest on you. He wants to energize your personality. He wants to animate your gifts, your talents, your abilities, and He wants to leverage and maximize them for His kingdom purpose in this hour. That every person in that upper room became like a mini Sinai of Exodus 19 and 20. That he wants every person to have that non-negotiable encounter and that experience of exchange where the Holy Spirit comes to reside in your heart, in your home, and in your family. So that's number one. The Holy Spirit's for all of us. The Holy Spirit's for you. He's for me. He's for young, old, male, female, every nation, language, tribe, and tongue. They were all filled, say that with me across the screen, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And the result of the infilling was divine enablement to speak prophetically. 
the gift of languages and the gift of tongues. I counted it up. There were some 13 nations represented at this time of the festival of, of, of ingathering and Pentecost that Jerusalem would have been bustling with people. There's 13 nations represented. I mean, <clears throat> you've been to a city or a town where there's a big conference, you know, the, the traffic gets shifted, the restaurants are filled, hotels have no vacancy. Jerusalem is hustling and bustling in this very, very powerful time and this festival. And here the nations are gathering and God says it's perfect to pour out the Holy Spirit. And in particular, the anointing to speak prophetically so that the nations can hear of my deeds, my wonders, and my good news. And friends, I just picture it. I picture right now in America where there's crowds gathered, both the church that are beginning to sort of regather in person and just in public squares. And if there was ever a moment when we needed the gift of tongues, the gift of Holy Spirit enabled prophetic utterance, it's now, it's even today in this very hour for the Holy Spirit to come upon a people waiting, hungering, longing for God's purposes to manifest and to flow in and through their life. And, and it says that they all were amazed because they knew that the, the ones who were speaking were from Galilee. So how is it that we hear the wonders of God in our own language? And I want you to know that there is a place in the Holy Spirit that will transcend our gifting, our ability, our talent, our intellect, our learning, our education, all of that. But the Holy Spirit wants to enable us to do things that we couldn't do without Him. If you agree, say amen. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to be a slight add-on to our life. He wants to empower us and enable us to become those witnesses. Even to audience, to people groups, and in situations that we would not otherwise have the capacity or the ability apart from the empowering, enabling presence of the Holy Spirit. This is Pentecost Sunday. So what happens? The Holy Spirit, Jeremiah 31, 33, wrote the law of God, Romans 8, 1 and 2. That law of the spirit of life became a personal testimony for every believer in that upper room. Peter, some 10, 12, however many years later in Acts chapter 15, when he testifies of this Pentecostal outpouring, he says in Acts 15, 8 and 9 that the Holy Spirit purified our hearts by faith. So the Holy Spirit wants to purify your heart and my heart today. He wants to come and He wants to remove the garbage. He wants to circumcise the flesh of our heart. And He wants to enable us to love God with all that we have. You think, all that I have isn't that much. That's perfect. That's all He wants. He wants to enlarge capacity. He wants to give us enablement and empowerment to love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love our neighbor as ourselves. This is what the Holy Spirit did on each individual. He rested on each and he gave them utterance to be able to declare God's wonders. And I want you to know that you have a voice. You have a voice. You have a testimony. You have a word. You are a candidate for divine enablement and empowerment to release the wonders of God in your unique sphere of influence, your unique place of of what God has placed you in the city, in your family unit, in your friend or relational network, that there are wonders of God that the Holy Spirit wants to come upon you and empower you to release for this generation and for this moment. So don't write yourself out of the story. They were amazed. They were amazed and perplexed. I love it. How, what does this mean? 
And I want you to know that there's many asking, what does this mean in this hour? Not because they're necessarily hearing the gift of tongues, but there is a, there's a cultural moment that we're in right now where, what does this mean? What does this mean in our political moment? What does this mean in this incredibly hostile, racial, tentious moment? What does this mean when, what, what are we supposed to do? And, and it's, that's why we're crying out for a fresh move of the Spirit, that, that there'd be a people called the church who could step in and speak to what it means under the power and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. But some made fun of them. This is just always going to be the case. They thought that they had too much wine. And Peter's like, it's, what did he say? It's nine in the morning. We're not drunk on wine. The new wine of the Holy Spirit, the new wine of the new covenant that the blood of Jesus ratified is what you're seeing. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is not some Star Wars impersonal force that can move objects from here to there. The Holy Spirit's a person. Come on. At Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate the God, God the Holy Spirit, who has a personality. He wants to affect your life. He wants to affect your demeanor. He wants to affect your attitude. He wants to affect how you carry yourself in the workplace. The Holy Spirit wants to come upon you, and He doesn't just want to be an add-on. He wants to energize and animate you to be the best God-image-bearing ambassador of peace and reconciliation that you possibly can be in the grace of God. I love this. He gives explanation, but it's like being under the influence of something like wine. And friends, here's the reality. We need to come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I had 30 hours of a digital Sabbath this week and the peace in my heart and life where I was out of my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter feed, I wasn't watching the news for 30 hours. I just read my analog physical Bible and I spent time with my kids on a 30 hour window. I was just feeling the weariness, the heaviness of being under the influence of other forces, other narratives, other other voices, the, the spirit of fear, the spirit of anger and hostility and rage. And yes, there's a place to be informed, but I'm, I'm only speaking this to say that there is such a thing as coming up under the influence of many other forces that are not the Holy Spirit. And what we see here at Pentecost is even though there was many narratives happening in Jerusalem at this hour, there were many hopes, there were longings for the kingdom, for the, for the Messiah to come, as we'll see later on in the next few days and weeks as we continue through Acts 2. We're going to continue in it next week and the weeks that follow. But what we see is that there was a group of people who were under a superior influence called the Holy Spirit. And if there was ever a time when the church needed to come out of agreement with the influences of fear, of worry, of anxiety, of hatred, of us versus them, and to come under the influence of God the Holy Spirit, it's now. That we would drink of those life-giving river. Did you know that the Bible, Jesus prophesied that when he would be glorified through his death, resurrection, and ascension, that every single believer would become a river house. A house, that, that life-giving river, John 37 through 9, that, that the Holy Spirit would come. This life-giving source would begin to reside, well up, and flow through every single believer who looked to and, and relied on Jesus for their salvation.
We need to be under the influence. Have you ever been in a river? Why? Yeah, better yet. Have you ever been to one of those water parks, you know, the, the lazy river where you just get to sit on your, your tail end and, and you're in that. Why is that so powerful? Because there's a force. There's an influence. It moves you. You don't say stuck or stagnant in what was, but it moves you towards an intended destination and destiny. And friends, we need to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to move us towards that which is on the Father's heart in this hour. We need the Spirit. And Peter's like, we're not drunk. And then he just speaks these words and then I'll be done. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. Turn on your news feed. The sun will be darkened, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He's using this apocalyptic language. He's connecting what's happening in his moment 2,000 years ago. And he's borrowing language and he's saying what Joel prophesied is happening today. These, this great shaking. These, these apocalyptic signs where the, the governing bodies, the light of the star, of the moon, of the sun... That, Something so revolutionary happened 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem and can happen today on the Central Coast in America and the nations for those who are crying out for the Spirit to come. Where literally things are shaking. We're leaving one era and entering into another era. And friends, we're in that day where the governing bodies of the earth, of the cosmos, seem to either be turned to darkness or blood, and there's, there's great confusion. But in the great confusion, there's a spirit that wants to rest, reside, and flow through a people who would prophetically declare the reality of the gospel of King Jesus under the anointing, under the inspiration, under the creativity of God. And this is for every person. When things are shaking, when there's confusion and uncertainty, the Holy Spirit wants to come and rest upon a people who would prophesy and declare the truth of the hour, the truth of the gospel, the reality of King Jesus. And when that declaration goes forth, even though the nations and even the cosmos itself seems to be spinning out of control, that as the gospel goes forth, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What if God in His great sovereignty... That in this great hour of hostility and shaking, what if now is the time he wants to bring in the harvest like we've never seen in history? That it's in the shaking he wants to pour out a prophetic spirit. He wants to give you dreams and visions of how you fit into the great epic story of redemption. He wants to give you visions, young men, and dreams, old men, and women. He wants to rest on servants, slaves, young, old, male, female. He wants to rest on us that we would have a prophetic solution in this hour of great hostility and shaking. What does it mean to prophesy? It means that 
Our words are different because our hearts are transformed by the glory and transforming power of Jesus. That out of the overflow, Matthew 12, 34, of the heart, the mouth speaks. Because the Holy Spirit transformed their heart in verses 1 through 4, they're able now to speak a different language. They're able to speak prophetically. They're not just a voice of the echo chamber on social media. They're not just a voice that picks up and is under the influence of the cultural narrative at the time. They're a voice that hears directly from the good shepherd who promised and prophesied, my sheep will know my voice. And Jesus said, the reason listening to my voice and releasing my word is so important, it says at the end of John 10, that whenever I speak what the Father says, the result is eternal life. This is why we need to be a prophetic people. We're not just echoing. We're not just regurgitating and repeating what we hear on our news feeds and on our social media and the frenzy. But we get close enough to the Father's heart through the Son's sacrifice where we begin to hear. We begin to see things different. And we could be and release those prophetic words that bring healing and restoration and that result in everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What is the Holy Spirit's favorite thing to do? To take the message of Jesus, the reality of Jesus, to mark your life and heart, and then to manifest the ministry of Jesus in and through our lives together. The Holy Spirit loves to reveal, to impart and empower and form the life of Christ in every believer. So when Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, he connects what happened to this prophetic promise of Joel 2. And then he preaches, which I'll get to next week. He just preaches the gospel. So the Holy Spirit wants to come upon us to make us passionate, excited witnesses of King Jesus. He wants to come upon us that a message about the life, death, and ministry of Jesus doesn't just get lost in the shuffle of words in our cultural moment. But those who speak prophetically under the inspiration and power of the Spirit, something as simple as Jesus, the Father has made Him both Lord and Messiah, that when you speak that word under the Spirit, it cuts hearts and brings understanding. Friends, this is what we're crying out for in this day. We need God to pour out the Spirit again as we already prayed a few minutes ago. And I just want to encourage you as we land the plane here, would you just open your heart right now to the Spirit? Would you just open your heart right now and just say, Holy Spirit, come. Maybe you're watching this and you're not a believer yet. You've been checking out online churches and you're interested and you've been investigating the claims of Christ. And maybe you're one of those who verse 21 and 22 applies to that you just want to call on the name of the Lord right now. And be saved. You want to experience the gospel that rescues you from death and brings you into life. I want to give you a chance to do that right now. Just say, Father, right now, I turn from my sin and I look to your son Jesus as my only sufficient Savior. I call on your name. Save me. Deliver me from my sin, from my shame, from my guilt. That conviction that feels unbearable. The, the shame that I feel for my choices or those things I give my heart or my attention or affection and allegiance to, would you come, Father, by your Spirit and save me? I want to call on your name. I don't know all the answers. I don't know all the Bible verses yet, but I want to be saved today. I want to call on your name 
I believe that Jesus lived and died on the cross for my sin and he rose again in power and he reigns and rules and he wants to visit me today by the Holy Spirit and to make me his house and his home. And I just pray right now that you would save me, that you would heal me, that I'd be brand new creation as your word says in Jesus' name, amen. And I'm just so thankful that it's everyone who calls on his name. The glory of the gospel is that it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. And I pray right now in this moment that we find ourselves in that a spirit of faith would break into crowds, hearts, and homes. And maybe you're here today and you're like, dude, I'm saved. I, I go to church, been to church my whole life. But, but that testimony of Jesus isn't burning on the inside of you like it once did. That you're familiar. You're comfortable. I'm talking to myself, man. And you want the Holy Spirit to disrupt your complacency. <laughs> you want the Holy Spirit to awaken again that place of desire. Awaken again that place of witnessing. That, that reality that you have a part to play in the epic story of redemption. And you want the Holy Spirit to baptize you with fire today. That I want to pray that prayer for you as well. So put your hand on your heart. Father, I pray, fill us with the Holy Spirit. I cry out right now, God, that you would find a waiting and hungry and longing church. I ask, Father of glory, that you would send the Holy Spirit into every person who's praying this prayer with me. God, that there would be a, a, an inbreaking of your kingdom and of your presence that would be unmistakable. God, we're not just after an encounter. We're after total overhaul transformation. Father, I'm asking that this would be a line in the sand moment for those who are praying right now for a fresh baptism of fire, for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God, I'm praying that, Lord, we wouldn't just have the language, we'd have the experience. That we wouldn't just have the, the big words and declarations that, God, you would come to actually reign, rule, and reside in your people who are crying out for another move of the Holy Spirit. Father, I'm asking that you would unite marriages in the Holy Spirit. I'm asking that you would unite families, fathers, sons, mothers, daughters, and that, Lord, families would be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm asking for singles, and, 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 and Lord, I'm praying for single. I'm praying that you would move in the Holy Spirit, that they would experience union with you. God, that you would anoint them to know you and to love you. I'm praying for young, Lord, for those who just are just brand new to this thing, that you would bring them into the revelation of the love of God by the Holy Spirit. I'm praying for old, for those who feel like their best days are behind them. I'm asking for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit of our older generation right now, God, for dreams and visions, for fire for the road ahead, to be those spiritual moms and dads, to guide those that you're about to bring in in this great year and mighty moment of harvest. In Jesus' name, Lord, would you touch every age, every demographic, every race, every ethnicity, would the articulation of the gospel penetrate hearts and would many, many experience a fresh baptism of fire and the Holy Spirit today. God, thank you that you've heard our cry. Thank you that you see us, that you love us, and that you know us. And I pray, God, that you would, in this hour, do what you did then again. In its uniqueness of our cultural moment, we thank you that you, Father, are the Father of Luke eleven thirteen. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? 
And so we are asking without apology. We're asking today, Father, Son, send the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, I want to hear from you. Would you email us? Would you, would you text? Would you go through all the various links? We want to hear about what the Holy Spirit did in your heart today or what he's been doing in your heart during this coronavirus season. I'm under no illusion that, you, that you've just been sitting idly by. I'm believing that you've even had dreams and visions over these last 70 to 80 days of quarantine. I'm believing that, that many of you have been in the Word and that you have journal entries that are dripping with insight. I'm, I'm believing that, that we're going to enter into days as we think about regathering and that, 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 that God wants to mobilize and to show up in your heart and life again. Maybe it's been a season of dryness, a season of stillness, and we need those seasons of stillness and even seasons of dryness to remind us, to awaken us again to desire about what life is really all about in God's spirit and God's kingdom. And so wherever you're out on the spectrum, please hit reply, reach out to us. We want to hear about what the Spirit's up to in your world and in your life. And then lastly, don't forget, next Sunday, June 7th, we are going to have an in-person gathering outdoors. So be watching our social media platforms, our emails. We're going to be giving you a ton of information this week about our plans for regathering. But really be expecting some very serious um, uh, conversations about the vision of what God is doing and where we believe he's leading us as a people. So pray into that with us. But I can't stress it enough. We want to hear from you. We want to know what God's up to. We want to know how we can partner with you by the Spirit and seeing what God is up to and what he's doing in your life and through your life. Friends, I love you. Thank you for joining us. I, I'm under no illusion that I just poof came and the spirit of intercession fell. I believe that many of you who are watching have been tracking. You've been crying out. And I, as a pastor and a leader and a preacher of the gospel, I was lifted by your faith by your prayers today. And that's one of the greatest honors. I've been doing this since I was a teenager when the Spirit energizes and comes upon us. It's not about decibel level. It's not about uh, articulation. There's something that happens when, when, when the messenger is lifted by intercessors and those who are contending for the same thing. So I want to honor you and say just thank you. I've been a, I've been a recipient and a participant of that on the other side of this camera. So I love you and I honor you. I want you to know that, that as your pastor, that my greatest desire is that Christ would be formed in you. That you would come to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That you would love your neighbor as yourself. That you would be a disciple who's empowered to invite others to the life-giving streams of King Jesus. That we would... We'd be that people who are being formed to invite others to be formed into the image of Jesus as we submit to his ways, words, work, will, and wisdom. That's our desire. That's my greatest desire, and that we would do that together. And so be blessed. I love you. I'm for you. I'd love to hear from you, so don't be shy to reach out. We'll see you again this week.